Hey, everybody. This week, we are bringing you one of our favorite episodes from our first year of podcasting, and it's all about travel. We know a bunch of you are getting ready for summer vacations, and we thought that these tips might be helpful. So enjoy the episode, and we'll be back with a new episode next week. Just One More with Joanna and Daphne, a fitness and nutrition podcast for normal people who want to be more awesome. If you're having trouble deciding between doing Just One More Crunch and eating Just One More Crunch Bar, this is the podcast for you. (laughs) I'm Joanna Shaw-Flamme. I am an actor, a comedian, and a normal person. And I am Daphne Yang. I'm a certified personal trainer, certified race coach, nutrition counselor, and I am the creator of Hit It, New York's ultimate high-intensity interval training workout. And I love Crunch Bars, (laughs) That was a good one. Thank Joanna. you. I'm trying to throw in a new one every week, like The Simpsons and their like couch gag. Yeah, this is my, yeah, uh, my couch gag. Uh, before we get started, remember to talk to your doctor before starting any workout or nutrition plan. Uh, so uh, I was looking at our uh, iTunes ratings the other day, Daphne, and not to break my arm, patting ourselves on the back, but people have left us some super nice reviews and ratings. It's That's amazing. Super nice, um, and it really helps people find our show. The world of podcasting is getting really crowded, which is awesome because that's how people like Daphne and I decide that we too can have a podcast, but it means it makes it hard for people to find us. So if you like our show and want us to be able to keep going and eventually become famous and be able to take the gospel of avocados to the world, (laughs) um, go ahead and go on iTunes, um, give us a star rating. uh, And if you have a couple extra minutes, write us a little review. It makes a big difference. It lets us know what uh, you want to hear from us, how we're doing, uh, and it gives us encouragement to keep on trucking. So thanks to all of you who've done it already, uh, and to those of you who are about to do it, thank you. We really appreciate it. Thank you. If it were ethical, we'd send you a prize, but it doesn't mm. seem ethical to send you a prize. Also, we have no merchandise. We could send them an avocado. <laughs> It'll be like that uh, gif of the kid opening the <laughs> yeah. avocado, and he's like, an avocado, <laughs> That went viral. It did. Yeah. I understand why. Did we repost that? Probably, but I'll post it again. I think I saw, I think you showed that to me. (laughs) Uh, So today we are going to talk about our top 10 travel tips as we go into spring and uh, into spring break. I know a lot of people with families are planning vacations and a lot of people are already planning their summer vacations uh, if you're super on top of it. So we want to talk about tips for um, traveling without throwing all of your like health and wellness habits out the window um, because doing some of that um, vacation is super fun. Uh, it is not super fun to come back from vacation and feel like bad about yourself. Yeah, yeah. So I think, it's, I think we have this um, in our society now, especially... Living in New York, people love to go away and get away from it all, but they do lose a little bit of their balance because maybe they don't feel too balanced here in New York. Maybe they are overworking a little bit, so they go all out on vacation. And um, and then feelings of, uh, you know, and I'm sure they're having a good time at the time, but then people come back from vacation and then they feel like they have to undo everything they did on vacation. And let's avoid that. Right. You know, let's have you actually come back from vacation feeling happier and healthier because of the vacation. Totally. Instead of feeling guilt-ridden and fat, which is not a feeling. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. Uh, Fat is not a feeling. Uh, One thing that that made me think about is, so I've been on a couple sort of, um, like, 
quote unquote traditional American vacations recently where uh, some friends of mine got married on a cruise a year ago. So we went on a cruise, which was super fun. Uh, and also uh, a few years ago, Matt and I did like an all inclusive thing in Mexico. Both super great, just the best time. And also uh, made me think about how we like tell ourselves we're on vacation. Um, It is very clear to me that for some people, the way they tell themselves they're on vacation is they just drink constantly. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am more in the eating category. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, it's very easy for me to feel like I'm on vacation, so I'm going to eat fries seven times a day Uh, because we, we sort of, it can be hard to start relaxing. And I think uh, that like going into chill out mode, a lot of us have these sort of like crutches to sort of make us feel that we're like instantly in vacation mode. Yeah. Um, And that doesn't mean you can't enjoy those things, but it did make me think about like uh, how tied into uh, the idea of vacation, um, the idea of indulgence is. Um, and so, uh, that's something that I'm thinking about as yeah. we go into this episode. There's like a psychological aspect to it, mm-hmm. like indulgence and vacation. Uh, there should be some indulgence and there should be a lot of things happening on vacation that do not happen mm-hmm. in day-to-day life, but there is a way to find balance while on vacation so that your indulgences don't necessarily go overboard. And also, like, we would ideally be in a place where we didn't have to start drinking at 9 a.m. to feel relaxed. Like, yeah, yeah. That, or, like, we didn't have to eat everything in the buffet to feel like we're getting a good deal. Right, right. And I'm more <laughs> like example. you, too. I'm, I'm a little bit less alcohol. Um, more... Well, it's because neither of us can really drink. I know. What is up with that? <laughs> I don't... Well, did... you have a biological excuse. I'm Asian. Right. <laughs> uh, I feel like my excuse is just that I'm, like, a wet blanket. Like... <laughs> If I, after I've had like three drinks, I'm basically like, I'm full and sleepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. With me, I just get too physically full. Yeah. I'll have maybe one day uh, during a vacation where, you know, day drinking is just the most amazing thing in the world and alcohol just tastes awesome <laughs> and I'm having like the time of my life. Yeah. Um, but the days to follow. <laughs> yes. That's the other thing. I kind of I'm hate like, everything. Yes, I'm so impatient about being so hungover. Long. Yeah. Uh, and... Yeah. It takes me a lot longer to recover now from a day like that. Like, I, I had also, a day like I that remember, on Saturday. Oh, really? And like, yeah, and I feel a lot better now, but <laughs> <laughs> it took a few days. <laughs> the last time I got hungover, I was hungover for more than 24 hours afterwards. <laughs> I think I remember this. Yeah, there was a fireball situation. It wasn't good. Uh, <laughs> Joanna and fireball. I mean, can every, everyone just, like, take a minute and let's just picture this. Basic, fireball is Joanna. basically turpentine with red hots melted in it. Mm. It's not a good well, not a good look. <laughs> don't drink fireball, you guys. I think fireball is really polarized. Just one more, brought to you by Fireball. <laughs> like some people love it. I know. And they swear by it. Like I they know. adore it. And then and then there are people who just can't tolerate it. Yeah, I fall into that yeah, category. Me too. <laughs> All right. Well, we've uh, talked about some of the challenges of going on vacation. <laughs> Let's talk about our top ten travel tips. So tip number one is pack your sneaks. Yay. I think it's critical to always have sneakers and workout clothing on you. Even if you're not necessarily anticipating working out, bring them with you because you never know. And if they're there, you're more, you are definitely more likely to wear them. So (laughs) more likely than if you don't have them, I'd say that's a hundred percent (laughs) true. Yeah. Pack workout attire. Uh, have a, uh, just, just make yourself a list of things that you have in your kind of weekly life 
of things that you wear when you work out. It could be so basic as sneakers, shorts, a sports bra, maybe no sports bra, uh, and some type of shirt. You know, for me, it would be my, my Garmin watch and my heart rate monitor. I always make sure that that's with me and just give yourself the option of having that ability to work out. And especially if you go for a hike, if you go for, if you do plan on doing something active, you know, guarantee that you have your, you have your fitness gear with you. So pack your sneaks. Yeah. My strategy for that, because I'm also always trying to not pack too much because my uh, gut is to pack everything in my apartment to go anywhere for any amount of time. Uh, So what I usually do with workout clothes is I pack one set of everything. Pack obviously one set of sneakers, but I only bring like one pair of socks, one pair of pants, one sports bra, and one shirt. Uh, And because if you're on vacation, no one you know is going to see you wear the same thing to work out more than once. Yeah, and Uh, your sports bra, like, I'll just, like, scrub it out in the 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 shower. Yeah, hanging up on the shower rod. Mm -hmm. Totally. So don't feel like you have to bring, like, three full sets of clothes if you want to work out three times. Mm -hmm. Let let yourself go a little bit. Yeah, workout clothing is super light, too. Yeah, you're just going to sweat in it. If if you don't want to pack your sneakers, you can always wear them on the plane if they take up a little bit more space and if they're a little bit heavier. Mm -hmm. That's what I do. So number one, pack your sneaks. Number two, pack your snacks. (laughs) We love snacks here at Just One More Podcast. And um, we also like being prepared pandas here at Just One More Podcast. So pack your snacks. I recommend everyone making a little grocery store run and making sure you have things on you. Have things in your suitcase and then have things on you. So in your purse or in your backpack and making sure that these things contain protein. So I like to pack two things. Uh, non-perishables. Uh, all of them are non-perishables. I like to pack, of course, my canister of trail mix, and I'll make that myself. And I have that with me on hand at all times, and especially when I travel. So when I travel, it's it's great to have that also for the plane too. Uh, if you don't want to purchase snacks, or if you don't like the airplane snacks, and or then you just also, don't want to pay like pay like seventeen dollars for Ritz crackers at the airport. Yeah, like, this yeah. is fiscal too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then um, any type of granola bar, just bars, mm-hmm. whatever bar, whatever bar floats your boat, yeah. you know, just even if you don't eat bars regularly, have a few on hand so that if you get caught in some type of situation, whether it is at the airport or whether it's on the plane or whether it's in your hotel room uh, or it's out and about uh, on a day that you're adventuring and, you know, maybe you're on a hike, uh, then you can just grab something that's already on you and you don't need to worry about buying something. Yeah, I feel like everyone has had that vacation experience where, like, they're having a great time, but then something happens where either, like, the hike turns out to be longer than expected, Mm -hmm. or you get lost in the middle of the European city you're in, or, like, happened to us on our honeymoon, you end up in, like, the super expensive uh, district on a Sunday when nothing is open, and you're starving for lunch and starting to, like, yell at each other (laughs) because you're getting hangry. Uh, Saved by the snacks. It's totally a real thing. This happens to me all the time when I go to improv festivals with my team because trying to get a group of nine comedians out the door to get anything for breakfast is the worst. Uh, And so having something in my suitcase, like a granola bar, has saved my friendship with my fellow comedians because I get super hangry. And the great thing about these snacks is they're not necessarily that desirable. So if you eat one, it means you're legitimately hungry. Right. Like having these is not going to be dangerous to have in yeah. your bag. You're not going to worry about, 
oh, I'm going to, I have so much trail mix on hand. I'm so worried I'm going to eat it all. You're not going to eat it all. Right. You're only going to eat it when you are caught without food. Um, so these are foods that, like for me, Cliff Bars, I get them free sometimes. And <laughs> no one likes I, a braggart dad. I know. I was, but I was just, <laughs> but then, you know, it's funny. I started to say that and then I realized how it was sounding. I'm not sponsored by them or anything. I steal them from my corporate wellness <laughs> job. <laughs> They just have like they have tons of snacks out, and so sure. every time I go and I teach my corporate hit a class, I um this I is grab a great a tip: steal snacks from work or from someone else's work, <laughs> wherever you can steal things. Just one more is all about stealing. I don't even like Cliff Bars. <laughs> I I'm like so over Cliff Bars, but you know when they really saved my butt so many times. It's like I'll have the same one that'll be in my purse for weeks on end. Guess what? Still and I'll, good. I'll forget it's there, and then something will happen, and it's like a dire situation where like blood sugar is low, and then I'll be like, "Thank God!" And it's like I found the holy grail, mm-hmm. and I eat like my Cliff Bar, and. Um, <laughs> No, I'm not sponsored by Cliff Bar. I just steal them from my corporate wellness job. (laughs) Awesome. So number two, pack your snacks. Number three, sweat before you fly. I recommend working out before any flight. And if you have an early morning flight, work out the day before. So when you are sitting for that many hours, and, and that's the thing, your flight could be three hours, it could be seven, it could be... 10, the longer your flight is, the more critical it is to get like a crazy workout in before, um, like dripping sweat. And there are many reasons why. So you're going to be sedentary for so many hours. It'd be great to not let your metabolism slide into this, you know, sluggish state. So sweat before you fly. That'll keep, it'll keep your metabolism elevated while you are flying. Also, it's really great for keeping your muscles from getting too tight. So if you get a chance to work out before a flight, your circulation is going and your blood is pumping and your hips aren't going to get as tight and your glutes aren't going to get as tight and you'll just feel a little bit less antsy, especially if you kind of fatigued yourself at a workout the like either the morning of your flight or the day before. So sweat before you fly and you'll feel awesome on the flight and I think it's also setting a good tone for the rest of the rest of the trip. Yeah, one thing I like about working out either the day of a flight or the day before is that then I don't already feel on the first day of my vacation like uh, I really need to like figure out when I'm going to work out because mm-hmm. it's already been like a couple days. I'm like I just worked out yesterday or I just worked out today. Yeah, you're if good. I don't figure it out for a couple days it's fine. Yeah. So it takes that pressure off. Definitely. Um, and this goes, I assume, for like road trips or oh, road however trips, you're yeah. getting where you go. I'm not good with road trips. I, it's because I you're not so, from the Midwest. Is that what it is? Yeah. I just get so bored. Oh, yeah. It's super boring. <laughs> even with, even with like, you know, a good crew of people and a good, you know, playlist. And I just, I, I just can't you do it. You know what I usually find with road trips? The way to wherever you're going is usually fine. It's the way back that's yeah, rough. Yeah, Because you don't have the, like, trip excitement. You're that's probably, true. like, bored of the people that you're with or they're bored of you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's a lot, uh, lot slower on the way back. It's like, at Uh, least on a plane, I can watch TV. Right. (laughs) You probably could do that in cars now. I get really car sick really quickly. I think it's actually because living in New York so long, I'm not in cars (laughs) that often. Yeah. Yeah. The second I look at my phone in a car, it's like instantaneous. I have to like close my eyes and lie down like immediately. So sweat before you fly. Sweat before you fly or before (laughs) before you drive. Or trip. Uh, Number four, make an exercise game plan. All right. So now we're getting to it. Yeah. Daphne, do we have to exercise on vacation? 
It depends. <laughs> For some people who go into that hardcore, I'm on vacation mode, I want my life to be completely different than what my normal life is when I'm on vacation. Uh, a lot of people sometimes rebel against exercise and they distinctly say, I will not exercise, I'm not going to exercise, this trip is not about exercise, and I am making a staunch, like a staunch decision to not work out while I'm on my trip. I'm taking a break from everything. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. If that's like, if that really is something that you feel very strongly about, and and I get it, like that that totally happens to some people. Um, I've definitely, I would say in recent years, I've gone on trips where I haven't worked out the entire time. But granted, I was recovering from knee surgery, so <laughs> that was almost really like count. That was almost like an intentional thing. Um, but you know, I feel that great <laughs> the whole time. And I'm t- I'm talking about a Prague and Budapest trip. So even though I was walking around a lot with my sisters. Uh, we were consuming <laughs> lots of delicious, heavy things. And I would have loved to have been able to work out, but uh, we all kind of, I guess, made that decision to not, but also because I was recovering from surgery at the time. Mm-hmm. I was still able to walk, but n- no running. So for those people who are making that you know, hard decision to not exercise while on vacation, sure, you know, fine. Like if that's something that you really believe in, we definitely don't want to put that pressure on you because if we put that pressure on you and if we say definitely we make an exercise game plan, even if you don't want to, uh, you're going to rebel against us right? and you're going to feel like someone's telling you to do something you don't want to do and you are going to either do it but angrily or you're going to not do it at all um, because you don't, you know, because someone told you to and you don't, you don't want to. So for the rest of the people... <laughs> For those people who want to attempt to work out a few times while they're traveling, and for those people who are committed to working out a few times while you're traveling, take a look at your schedule even before you take off. So example, if you're going to be gone seven days, pull up your Google Google calendar, have an idea of what you're doing those days, and see when you can fit in some types of physical activity. If you know on a Wednesday you're going to be walking around in sneakers exploring Italy for six miles you know, all day, okay, fine, you can take that day off of working out. Um, but if you know that there is a day where maybe you're going to be staying pretty local and maybe it's going to be very meal Centric, like maybe you're just doing some activities with whoever you're traveling with. Um, you can always, always get a workout in. And, you know, Joanna, you and I have been such advocates of the at home workout, you know, mm-hmm. of the living room workout. And this absolutely translates to the hotel workout or the Airbnb workout. So even if you don't have a gym, plot in what days you are going to try to squeeze in a little bit of extra physical activity. So, you know, you take a look at your Google calendar and then even before doing that, also uh, find out about your surroundings. So if you are staying in a hotel, is there a gym? And if you are staying in a hotel, is there a pool? Are there maybe some running paths around that neighborhood? Sometimes it's a great way to explore a neighborhood, but sometimes it's not necessarily safe for you to like go out by yourself. But if it's a really populated area um, or if it's a pretty obvious running path, And I always recommend in like a seven day stretch, try to squeeze in at least two workouts, just two, you know, just do a couple Tabatas in your, um, in your hotel room or in your Airbnb. And we always say here that if you have enough room to lay out a yoga mat, or if you have enough room to lie down on the ground, 
then you can go ahead and work out there. And even if you don't bring a yoga mat, just take the whatever towel is provided for you and use that as your mat if you don't want to lie down directly on an unfamiliar carpet or a hardwood floor. <laughs> so make an exercise game plan. If you feel like you will enjoy your vacation more by staying active and by creating a little bit more balance on vacation, then then work out on vacation. Mm-hmm. It'll take you 30 minutes. Yeah. You know? So make an exercise game plan. Um, balance the days that you do a workout with the days that are maybe not as physically strenuous. Like if you're hiking a, a volcano in Hawaii, you know, you don't need to worry about... You don't need to worry about hitting the gym right before, you know, because once again, we are on vacation, but for within a seven day stretch, aim for, aim for two workouts. Totally. Yeah. Take those 30 minutes to yourself. A couple good tips that you've given me about specifically running in, uh, places that I'm visiting, um, is one to just like Google, uh, running in whatever city it is before you go. Um, because like we went to, um, Decatur for my cousin's wedding and, uh, I didn't know anything about Decatur, like I still know very little about Decatur, but as soon as we Googled it, there's this really cool um, running and biking path that's like super long in Decatur um, that I think goes along train tracks or what Mm. used to be an active train line. So it's pretty flat. Um, And uh, so, and it was within walking distance of where we were staying, but I would never have had any idea it was there if I hadn't just Googled, like, running in Decatur. Mm. Um, but because I did that, it was like, oh, within, you know, 10 minutes of our hotel, there's this perfect, like, s- separated from the road running path. Uh, I rope my sister and my husband into running with me when we go places. Um, and that's nice, too, because if you have somebody to run with, then you don't feel like you, you're, like, having to take time away from the people you're there to hang out with if they're going to do it too, which is really nice. Something else you've told me is plan on doing like out and backs when you're in an unfamiliar place, which means like, instead of like running four miles away from your hotel and then being like, Oh crap, I don't know where I am and I'm tired. And maybe it was hotter than I expected. And there's no water, like stay closer and just do more like loops so that if something does go wrong or you, uh, you know, end up not feeling as good as you expected that you're not far away from, from your home base. Yeah. I think that's, um, yeah. And when you do that, always make sure you have some type of identification on you Yeah, and the name of your hotel. And I never carry a cell phone when I run locally. I intentionally leave it at home. But when you run, um, when you run while you're traveling, I would definitely recommend bringing it with you. Just stick it in a pocket or wear a fanny pack. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if that's one of the things that you need to pack in order to potentially run outdoors, then this circles back to our very first tip, you know, pack your spy belt. That's right. Mm-hmm. So number four, make an exercise game plan. Number five, budget your booze. <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> so have an alcohol game plan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And figure out which days are going to be heavier drinking and which days are going to be a little bit lighter and establish beforehand what you would like to do. If you know you're going to have a day of, of alcohol, um, you're doing like a winery tour. I was just about to use that as an example. Like, you know, people in Napa, like, you know, start, we start early there with (laughs) our wine. And, uh, if you know that that's going to be the case, then maybe don't plan multiple back-to-back days of day drinking, 
But you know, for some of you guys, it might be totally fine and your bodies can totally handle it. If I start day drinking by 5 p.m., I am done so. Yeah, me too. I don't even just fall asleep. I pass out drunk. <laughs> that's like very, that's such a distinct difference yeah. too, isn't it? Yeah. Passing out drunk is not pretty. Not the best. And your fiance comes home and finds you on the couch, <laughs> like in a robe. And like, it's <laughs> just... Yeah, he's like, what? Ha- what, what happened, happened here? To you? So uh, yeah, on the cruise, a woman sat on me in the jacuzzi because <laughs> she was wasted, and it was the middle of the afternoon, and I was like, mm, cool. You maybe should have yeah. budgeted your booze a little better. Yeah, and you know, give yourself permission to have some sloppy days because you will have days where you you are just ready to party a little harder. And Joanna, I know you've had some of those nights where you're just like, you know, I'm, I'm warned I'm, Daphne. Ahead I'm of time. gonna yeah, I'm gonna go out a little a little harder tonight and I'm going to have, you know, a couple more drinks than, than I normally do. Um, but you don't necessarily have to do that every day, but if you do define vacation by just drinking and being drunk the entire time, like spring break style, like we don't judge here at just one more, just get a run in before I'm judging a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) I think you could probably have exactly as much fun and drink half as much and not miss it. And then you just don't feel so awful. Totally. Afterwards, you know. Totally. I think it's just yeah, I just hate feeling like some of super it too gross. is like what kind of stuff you're drinking. So for example, my family and I took a trip to Florida recently and uh it was a beach trip. So when I think of beach vacation, I think of like sugary blended drinks, like margaritas, strawberry daiquiris, piña coladas, that kind of thing. But as we've talked about before on our alcohol episode, those kinds of drinks are like super rough because they're like full of sugar. Um, a lot of times they're not made from real things. They're made of like chemical flavoring, lots uh, of syrups, lots of syrups and, and all that stuff. Coloring, right? Definitely not something that I want to be drinking all the time. But also, I wouldn't really feel like it was a beach vacation if I didn't get to have those drinks sometimes. So, uh, you know, going into that vacation, I sort of, uh, you know, thought to myself ahead of time. I'll let myself do like margaritas on the beach a couple times, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to do it as my like go-to drink for the trip. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that way I felt like I got to do the like super fun thing. That's like fun to do in that place. Um, But I didn't like go so hard at it that I felt like I was made of green syrup by the end. (laughs) Yeah. Because you you just didn't feel like sugary and bloated as, and you could have potentially. And then I really enjoyed the times that I did have a margarita because it was like special and not just like the thing I've been drinking for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I think that's key too, because you had a good balance. So Mm -hmm. that margarita, it tasted special and it felt special. Mm -hmm. And I think that's how alcohol instances should feel Mm -hmm. while you're on vacation. Like it should have a purpose. It should Mm -hmm. be because, um, you haven't had a day poolside in forever and you know, you're finally getting some vitamin D and you really want to celebrate it and you want to have drinks by the pool all day long. Like that is awesome. I can't wait to do that at some point in time (laughs) in the near future. (laughs) Um, or you have a day of, um, you know, Napa Valley wine tasting, or you have a really special dinner, reservation at a place that you've been dying to go to and there's a pairing or you know that maybe there is going to be quite a few cocktails that evening just just enjoy it and if you do feel hungover the next morning listen to our alcohol episode that's right so then you just break a sweat eat some food and you'll be good to go Mm -hmm. yeah just get right back on track awesome so budget your booze number six 
eat breakfast in bed, or at least at your hotel. <laughs> this is where we say there isn't actually a health advantage to eating breakfast inside your bed, but it made for a good title for a tip. <laughs> have you ever actually done that? Eaten breakfast in my bed? Yeah. I don't think I have. Yeah, I don't think I have either. I mean, not in my like, New York. food in my bed. Like, that's the thing. Crumbs. Yeah. Like, that's a real thing. Yeah. This and I like... also, I have someone else to answer to. Like, if I like eat in our bed, yeah. Matt is going to be like, I was like, we're talking Joanna, about Matt, right? <laughs> do you know who is eating in our bed? Because it was not me and only one other person sleeps here. And I'd be like, I don't know. Maybe we have mice. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Never, well, so what we really mean by eat breakfast in bed, or at least at your hotel, is I always recommend uh, when any of my clients or even myself, you know, when we go on vacation, have control of at least one meal. And generally the meal to have some control over, the easiest one to have some control over is breakfast. Generally, you will either get it free um, with your at your hotel or maybe it won't be free. But breakfast is really easy to make healthy choices because you're not necessarily in the, you know, let's drink and party mode right away. Like I feel like nighttime is a lot more, nighttime is a lot more debaucherous in terms of restaurants and eating out and cocktails. Um, but when you have breakfast either at your, at your hotel, or if you pick a, you can pick a spot that's kind of healthy, just have control of at least one meal and let that meal be breakfast for as many days as you can. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be, if there is a very special breakfast place, that you want to um, that you want to check out, of course, go ahead and do that. But when you start the day off with eggs and with protein and with some whole grain bread and with some fruit, you have some fiber. It, it's it's gonna it's gonna kind of snowball into positive choices throughout the rest of the day. So eat breakfast in bed. No crumbs. No crumbs in your bed. The thing that I like about having breakfast like in my in the place that I'm staying is. Um, It can feel like it takes so long to get going in the morning when you're on vacation because I don't like to get up super early when I'm on vacation slash ever. Um, (laughs) So if I've like already slept in and then I have to like get presentable and then I have to find somewhere to go to breakfast and then I have to go to breakfast, it's already lunchtime by the time I've eaten breakfast and I feel like I've wasted half my day. I agree. Whereas like if I just went to like the CVS the night before and got a bunch of individually packed yogurts uh, and stuck them in the mini fridge... Uh, I can just like wake up, have my yogurt, and then get out the door and be doing fun stuff. Yeah, exactly. That's like my game plan. Normally, I'll have like a banana and a bar, or I'll have you know yogurt in the hotel room and a banana. And this is if we're like not buying breakfast. This is if it's like yeah. things that we already have purchased prior to, which is also a really great option. Um, and then you can just like start your day and then you can pick up coffee and then, you know, walk around with your coffee and then have lunch be the first like sit down mm-hmm. meal. Yeah. It also helps avoid the thing. Like I get really fatigued from eating out three meals a day. I do too. Even eating out two meals a day gets to be a lot for me. Yeah. Uh, especially if I'm in like a beachy place where everything is fried. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that stuff and have a hard time not ordering it. But then if I'm eating out multiple meals a day, it starts to get like really overwhelming and not as interesting. So yeah. having breakfast at the place that we're staying, uh, helps me preserve that enjoyment for exactly other meals. It gives you the wiggle room. It gives mm-hmm. you the wiggle room calorically, and it also gives you the, the wiggle room mentally and emotionally for French fries at potentially every single meal. <laughs> and exactly. chicken tenders poolside. <laughs> <laughs> so eat breakfast in bed, or at least at your hotel. Number seven, 
Find veggies at least once a day. Just once a day, people. <laughs> once a day. I mean, just get something green or something that grew from the earth into your body once a day. Trust us. You will thank us later. This is for various reasons, uh, mainly to get fiber into your mm-hmm. diet so that you don't get constipated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like this leads into our next one. So number seven, find veggies at least once a day. That's like always harder than I think it, it should be. I, I don't have a hard time eating vegetables in my day-to-day life. Yeah. But as soon as I go on vacation, I'm like, oh, I haven't seen a salad or a vegetable side in like days. When I was flying back from Prague and Budapest, this was exactly a year ago. It was actually exactly a year ago that um, I was on this trip with my sisters. I don't know what it was. We like brought something out in each other and we just like went out hard. We like <laughs> didn't eat a vegetable for, you know, the entire nine day trip. We, um, there was so much alcohol and we were all flying back or I was flying back separately because they were flying to California and I was flying to back to New York and I was at my, I was, it was like, I think I was in Switzerland for my layover and I was like, I think I'm going to die. I was like, I think I'm dehydrated <laughs> and I feel like I have the meat sweats and I remember finding a juice bar. I actually think it was Joe and the juice, oh, but really? they had, yeah, it was like, I, it was like such a familiar company. I was like, I think we have this company in New York and I got like the largest size green drink and I remember eating it and I felt like my, or drinking it and my body was just like absorbing it. And I thought that, um, and my body was probably like, thank you, yeah. dear God. I had thank a salad you. the day that I came back from this uh, week in Florida and I never am like, Ooh, yes, I really want a salad. But that day I was like, you cannot get me to the salad fast enough. It tasted so good. Uh, and it was so what I needed. So we want to help you guys avoid this situation <laughs> where you come back and your body is literally like yelling for craving vegetables. and like screaming and crying for vegetables. So let's avoid that. And, um, yeah, and find veggies at least once a day. Be a happier camper. Yeah. <laughs> well, this leads into number eight, which is based on a question I got from my friend uh, after listening to the first few episodes of the podcast. I'm not going to name her so she won't get embarrassed. But she said, Joanna, I want you to talk about how to poop when you travel. This is a big uh, and one. And she was super serious about it, oh which I gosh. totally get because it can like really mess with how you feel. So number eight, how to poop when you travel. This is a big one. This, this could be an entire episode in itself. <laughs> but we'll spare you. But we will spare you and we'll keep it to just <laughs> a, a couple minutes. This one is critical and I can't tell you how many people I know uh, have issues with this. I have, I know people who won't poop the entire time they are traveling uh and then for the most part i feel like you hear of people having you know three or four days before they actually have a bowel movement so where is everything going it's just staying there do you have problems with this on vacation no i'm 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 like yeah yeah yeah. i'm like good ish (laughs) as long as i well and then this is so the, these are all my strategies. Right, because on, we use strategies. Uh, we do use strategies. We're going to have <laughs> strategies here at Just One More Podcast. Uh, okay, first step. The second you get on the plane, you have to start hydrating. A dehydrated body is not going to poop. Uh, it's, it's not going to go anywhere. Nothing's going to go anywhere if you are dehydrated. So you have to make sure you're hydrating regularly starting on the flight. So... Here is generally when people start to not go. So if you're in an environment where you're with a lot of people, 
you don't necessarily know. So say you're traveling with a significant other who's kind of new in your life, or you're traveling with a big group of people, or you're traveling with your family and things are a little hectic, or it's a bachelor or bachelorette party and you're living with 10 other people. All of a sudden your body awareness goes out the window and you're not thinking about yourself and you're not necessarily thinking about your own bodily systems and bodily functions. And you're just kind of running on adrenaline at Mm -hmm. this point in time. So that kind of affects why we don't poop. And then say you you are like clockwork in your day-to-day life and you go to the bathroom pretty much at 9.30 a.m. every morning. Um, or say that you go, say you go to the bathroom every morning after you've had some coffee, water, and breakfast, and that's what stimulates your bowel movement. And, and by the way, everyone should be pretty regular like that. And if you're not, then we need, then you need to email us <laughs> and then we can help you with that. We don't that get a because... lot of gross emails. <laughs> so... So think about it. If you go kind of like clockwork, uh, all of a sudden there's a time change. So during this time, what could potentially be 9.30 a.m. in New York is already, you know, afternoon there and you missed your window and you still haven't gone. And guess what? You're probably not going to go for a while. Uh, or you're sleeping through when you would normally go. So generally what affects people's uh, ability to poop is dehydration and really time change and stress. Mm -hmm. So those are the things that prevent you from going to the bathroom. The human body is a really amazing thing. When it senses that there is something different or something potentially stressful happening, it's going to, it's going to lock you up. It's going to, your, your, your bodily systems are going to shut down because your body thinks, Oh, you know, Joanna has something crazy happening right now. So I'm going to shut down her intestinal movement and that way she like doesn't have to worry about going to the bathroom so you could be traveling and even though you know technically you're not stressed and mentally you're not stressed physically your body might be feeling the stressors of you know xyz of the flight of dehydration of um you know of a time change uh, but emotionally you might be feeling a little stressed without even knowing it you might be feeling a little bit anxious without mm-hmm. even being aware of the fact that you are anxious and um so that absolutely affects why that affects how frequently you go to the bathroom and that's going to affect the your ability to so how do we fix all of this if you eat fiber if you eat vegetables if you and you can get fiber from other sources too you can get fiber fiber from whole grain but i do find that when traveling vegetables um even getting some like raw vegetables in if you can uh, that is the most powerful and just forcing you to be regular. Your body doesn't have any choice. Mm-hmm. You know, if you've been eating something that has, you know, whole grains and vegetables in it, your body has to get rid of it in some way, shape or form. So it's going to, so it's literally going to force it out. Make sure you're drinking a lot of water. And then the most important thing is sleep. Sleep will get those stress levels down. And if you can get a great night's sleep, your very first night, at this place and then uh, kind of instigate your bowel movement the next morning or initiate a bowel movement by drinking water and coffee and trying to almost get Mm -hmm. it out, you know, that first morning you wake up in the new place, then you'll be pretty regular from there on out. Um, Something that I have started doing too is I take a fish oil supplement um, and I make sure that I bring it with me on vacation to make sure I'm getting those like healthy fats that help sort of like lube up my system. Mm -hmm. Binds everything together. It just goes, you know, slide on out. (laughs) (laughs) So those are our tips on how to poop when you travel. Number eight. (laughs) Number nine, protein at every meal. P 
people tend to go in the carbohydrate heavy direction totally traveling thinking about all my favorite like travel foods like fries uh croissants muffins donuts Mm -hmm. pancakes uh you know, bread and bread sauce, mm-hmm. like all that stuff. No matter where you are, I guarantee you the easiest thing to eat is a carbohydrate. Um, exactly. Like starting the day off with, you know, coffee and a croissant and then having a sandwich or then having bread and more cheese and then at dinner having something that might be, you know, pizza. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and, and this, I just made a very, I painted a very Italian yeah, that picture. that sounds great. That does sound very Sign great. Up for that yeah, trip. I can't wait to go to Italy <laughs> and totally do that. <laughs> but, um... Here's what I recommend. Uh, If you are able to get protein at every meal, you're going to block the absorption of all those carbohydrates as uh, sugar, and sugar is what gets converted into fat the quickest. So if you actually pair every carbohydrate thing you eat with a little bit of protein, it's going to block that absorption of the sugar, and and the protein will keep your metabolism elevated, and the protein will also keep your satiety levels very high. So protein in every meal is mm-hmm. number nine. And then I also, like when you go out to dinner and if one person wants to get something that's pasta-based, have the other person order something that's a little bit more protein-based and then have a little go bit of splitty, everything. Go splitty-splitty. Yeah. Totally. Sharing is caring. Mm-hmm. And number 10, I think this is the most important one about uh, health when you travel. Uh, normal eating is flexible eating. This is like the overarching, the overarching theme, I think, of of everything we stand for and of everything that we believe there's no such thing as perfection you're going to go on vacation and you shouldn't aim to be perfect uh you know these tips and tricks these are just to keep your body functioning optimally and these tips and tricks are to keep you feeling as healthy as you can mentally physically and emotionally so you can enjoy your trip more these are not necessarily guidelines you have to stick by because just like in life, normal eating is flexible eating. So you're going to have days where you don't see a vegetable and you're going to have days when you are drinking from 9am until you pass out at (laughs) 6pm or until, you know, midnight and crazy wonderfulness. Um, and the important thing is, is to just not beat yourself up, beat yourself up about it at all. Um, and to just make sure that you, Start each day afresh, let go of whatever it was that happened the next day. And same thing goes for when you arrive back home in whatever place it is you live uh, to reflect back on your trip with positive memories and to just dive right back on track and to just not beat yourself up about what happened (laughs) during the trip. Yeah. Guilt feels like you're doing something when actually you're not. Mm -hmm. Guilt feels like berating yourself about the stuff you ate on your vacation or not working out on vacation or whatever it is feels like work that you're doing on yourself. But actually what it's doing is just making you feel bad and not actually having any positive effect. So don't worry about it. Like you should be able to go on vacation and enjoy yourself and have your eating and your exercise routine be different and not uh, feel bad about it. Guilt is for when you've done something wrong. You didn't do anything wrong, so why feel guilty? I love that. Uh, So our top 10 travel tips, I'm going to read them all again so that we uh, remember them as we go off on our vacations. Number one, pack your sneaks. Number two, pack your snacks. Number three, sweat before you fly. Four, make an exercise game plan. Five, budget your booze. Six, eat breakfast in bed, or at least at your hotel. Seven, find veggies at least once a day. Eight, how to poop. 
Nine, protein at every meal. And 10, normal eating is flexible eating. We hope you have a great time on your vacations. Uh, send us a postcard. Where are you traveling to? And where's the next place you're going? I'm not sure where the next place I'm going is. We've got some weddings. Yeah. So it'll be wedding travel. Yeah, you do have some weddings coming up. <laughs> <laughs> I have um bachelorette coming up. Ooh. Yeah, but I haven't that? started planning it yet. I want it to be in Miami. Mm. And my stipulations... Bienvenido a Miami. I, I know. <laughs> my stipulations, of course there will be some, you know, poolside and beachside beverages, but I want to take a workout class every morning with everybody. Super, you know? super fun, Daphne. Yeah, everyone must love being your friend. I know, and, and everyone has that reaction. <laughs> I'm like, but we love workout classes, I thought. Don't we? Is everyone just we humor- love this. People are totally humoring me, like, because I'm convinced everybody and in life loves this was like, the episode where Daphne's <laughs> world came crumbling down around her. Yeah, just like take like a fun, like whatever the fitness scene is in Listen, Miami, just Daphne, like take an 11 a.m. <laughs> you're the bride. You get to do what you want. If it's one thing I'll be a bridezilla about, it's we have to take a workout class at the start of every day while I'm bachelor. So guys, just be glad you're not vacationing with Daphne. (laughs) No, Oh my gosh, this one's terrible. (laughs) Thanks, Daphne. Thank you. This is a feature that we call This is Crazy, right? where I talk to Daphne about fitness and nutrition uh, stuff that is in the news and in the media and that sounds crazy to me, and she can tell me if it's actually crazy or if there is some legitimacy to this uh, thing that we're talking about. So this one today actually comes from uh, our friend Sarah, who posted it on our Facebook page, so some of you may have seen this, Um, and it's an article from uh, the Well blog on the New York Times about fasting diets. Um, now this is something that I've heard about from like several reputable sources. They've, I've heard stuff about it on NPR. It's appearing in the times. Um, and so my understanding of how this works is that there are, there are several different setups that fall under the idea of like fasting diets. But the idea is basically that like either a certain number of days a week or certain hours of the day, you drastically decrease the number of calories you eat and then you eat regularly the rest of the time. So the one I've heard the most about is uh, like the five and two diet, five, two diet, where you eat normally for five days a week and then two days a week you fast, which doesn't mean eating nothing, but does mean only eating like 500 calories a day, which is a very small number of calories. Mm -hmm. So to me, this sounds crazy. Yeah. Uh, It seems to me like all the stuff that we've talked about, about like maintaining a good metabolism and all that stuff, uh, would suggest that drastically messing with your eating routine that much would slow things down. Um, it also seems to me like it would be really hard to maintain. Like I can't imagine doing my regular days worth of stuff on only 500 calories, not to mention I would be a cranky pants. Yeah. Uh, but on the other hand, like there is science trying to back up these things and, uh, you know, fasting is something that has existed in cultures for a long time. They probably weren't worried about weight loss, but you know, uh, it is a concept that is an old concept. So Daphne, what can you tell me? Are fasting diets crazy? So we've been kind of joking around for a while that our podcast is should be called the Caveman Podcast yes. because I always want us to do things the way Caveman 
did them, essentially bringing people back to nature, bringing people back to just what the human body was just designed to do from, you know, day one of man. And funnily enough, you know, caveman was not necessarily eating three square meals a day. Sure. And caveman was not necessarily eating two snacks at 11 a.m. and then at 4 p.m. every single day. Caveman was some, would sometimes go days without food, and caveman would sometimes have to eat a lot of food. Because right, it was it much was more there. like feast or so famine. Because it was, it was, much it was more, like a hunting mm-hmm. and gathering lifestyle. And is the human body designed to be that way? You know, it it really depends. So right now, there the science is completely divided, mm. like completely divided right now. I mean, you have you have reputable sources who, and you have scientists who are saying that we should be fasting a little bit more regularly, and we have the other, you know, the the other end of the spectrum where people are saying that this is not healthy. And, um, and I have some pretty strong opinions on this. Tell us about so, the napping. Yeah. So the one diet that I think is, um, so here's what, what I will start off with. Um, so in the personal training world, we, when we are getting certified, we, we go through this whole chapter on something called the, the zigzag approach. So this is actually something that I find, uh, that I have found might not necessarily be the most valid approach because uh, with my body and with clients' bodies, I found that this like doesn't work too well. Eating kind of like dieting five days of the week, like, and then that they don't need to be five days consecutive, and then two days of the week eating a lot more to spike your metabolism. So generally what I found is on those days where people do eat a lot more, they kind of just end up undoing everything they did. <laughs> right. And um, we've talked about this before. The idea of like cheat days is like, yeah, yeah. You know, I think it's okay to be a little bit more relaxed on some days and to really, you know, especially if it's a weekend and you have social events coming up and you know, you're going to be, but I don't necessarily think it's necessary, um, to, you know, go all out those days and to go into a complete binge. But I know from personal experience that, um, you know, when I do have a day that is maybe a little heavier, I I don't a little heavier in terms of consumption Mm -hmm. because of, uh, because it's a weekend or because of social commitments or because of any other reason. I know me personally, it takes a little while to recover from that. You know, the bloating takes a few days to go down. Um, and I don't necessarily feel like myself until, you know, maybe a couple days later until everything has kind of regulated itself until I've gotten a few workouts in until I've regulated my eating, cooked my own meals. So there's that, which is kind of the opposite of what mm-hmm. the five, two diet is. Right. So this is saying, so the zigzag approach is, is using, is using days of heavy eating to skyrocket your metabolism. So with the 5-2 approach, the 5-2 approach, which is gaining popularity and is getting very trendy right now, people are saying that, just like what you said, five days of the week eat normally, but then two days of the week, and these don't need to be in consecutive order, two days a week, you need to um, consume roughly about 500 calories a day. So... Initially, when I was doing my own research on this, I was a little, um, I thought to myself immediately, okay, well, that's just not enough food for those days. And that's going to, that's going to shut the metabolism down. Like that's going to completely shut the metabolism down. And then the next thing you eat, the body's going to store it as fat 
Completely. That's something that and we've talked about like, before is that, like... I just know that's how the human body yeah, works. Yeah, that when you, like, flirt with starvation, your body's natural response is to, like, hold on to whatever the next thing you consume is. Yeah, yeah. And, um... But I also have stories, and I also know someone who personally has done 5-2, uh, the husband of one of my really good friends and clients, and her husband did this and lost a ton of weight for the wedding. And he looked great, and for him it wasn't hard mm-hmm. at all. So here's what I'm going to say. I, I think that the, the only way it would work... And it's not so much the only way it would work. Like, it'll work regardless. Right, but well, the that's only, one thing I thought, I think like, looking thing, at it, I was like, oh, well, this plan is basically do what you do, but two days a week, eat a fourth of the calories. Yeah. Of course you're going to lose weight because you're eating it's fewer gonna, calories. Yeah, it's going to, it'll kind of work-ish, and I'll get to that in a second, no matter what. But what I am going to say is that you have to be very careful with things like this. It enters a really dangerous emotional territory. And, and I'm not going to divide this into men and women right now because there are so many men out there who do have um, potential disordered eating patterns. And there are many men out there right now who have different relationships with food. And maybe it's not so easy for them to just not eat. For some guys, it's mm. fine. They don't think anything of it. And they're like, okay, you know, I'll just <laughs> eat a little less today and like whatever. I just won't drink as many beers. No, not that, and now I'm just generalizing <laughs> men because that's what all men say. No, that's not the case at all. Um, so, uh, you know, like, so I actually gave this a little test run. So on on Wednesday, I decided to put myself through a two day on the five, two diet. And I, I tried to give it a little whirl, you know, and I thought to myself, okay, it's been a really long time since I've done anything like this, but let's just see what happens. Let me just see what this brings up. Mm -hmm. Um, and it brought up a lot, like it brought up a lot. And it might bring up a lot for somebody else, too. When you have experienced and kind of, you know, when you've dived into this world of uh, kind of like starvation diets before, it's very scary to almost like bring it back a little bit. Yeah, see our episode about Daphne's juice cleanse experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it made me think of, you know, juice cleanses that I've done. um, And it made me think of juice cleanses that... I like, like, you know, one I did when I was 22, another one I did when I was 14 and, and also, you know, patterns I had as a teenager in which, you know, I would intentionally skip dinner and just like how, how hard that was emotionally yeah, to do that. Yeah, it does kind of like you bring know? you right back to like overly controlling your food. Yeah. Yeah. And especially because it's been so long since that has been the case and, and, you know, and now I work with other people helping everyone else get away from their relationships, uh, abusive relationships with food. It was so interesting kind of stepping back into that territory. I wasn't worried about slipping back into any patterns. It wasn't like that. It was just really interesting how how it felt to know that. Um, and I had a really active day on Wednesday. I mean, I was training until 9 o'clock. And, and this was like, you know, and this was not in my gym, like this was at, you know, Upper West Side and, and it it was, it was hard, you know, thinking on the subway ride home, like that's it. I don't get dinner when I get home. Yeah. And like, it's, it's really, uh, it was really upsetting and it felt like I was, and the thing is hunger pangs are real Mm -hmm. and true hunger is real. And, um, and I always, I'm very, you know, I'm such a 
proponent of feeling like true hunger, letting your body get really hungry. Like when you eat something, like actually ask yourself if you are really hungry. But, um, you know, what I had done was I had made a smoothie at the beginning of the day and I was like, okay, I'm going to have this throughout the day. And then, you know, I'll have like one more banana and peanut butter before I head out for my evening of teaching and training in which I was running all over the city. And, um, and that, that just like wasn't enough. However, I did have a pretty light meal when I came home to try to like stay in line because another thing is I, I, then I, on the subway ride home, I said to myself, I'm, I ha- I'm going to eat something when yeah. I get home. But then I knew that I had had not, I hadn't eaten what I normally had throughout the entire day. So I had to be really careful with what I chose to eat. Because if it went in one direction, I knew my body could potentially freak because I was so hungry at that point. Like, let yourself get hungry, but don't let yourself get that hungry Mm -hmm. where you feel like your stomach is eating away at itself. Yeah. And when you feel like your blood sugar is so low that you feel faint. So, um, you know, I came home and then, you know, I, I had something like really, really light, you know, like literally just like the most basic of basic, you know, like an egg on like a little sprouted tortilla with some avocado and some spinach, you know, Mm -hmm. just like things that I know are nourishing, but like just a small, you know, thing Mm -hmm. of it. So then I went to bed and I woke up the next morning and I actually felt really good the next morning. Hmm. So here's what I would recommend. If you feel like emotionally, this is something you could handle and something like you want to try. Sure. You know, by all means, give it a shot. It probably can't do that much it probably can't do that much harm. And also chances are if you eat that light and if you don't eat like a big meal and go straight to bed, if you just eat light and have your 500 calories during the day and then go to sleep and then wake up and have a normal breakfast, you'd be eating breakfast at that time mm-hmm. anyways. And the breakfast will break the fast and it'll get your metabolism back up anyways. And most people don't really eat too heavy of breakfast as it is. So um, what I actually recommend is after having that experience for people who here's what I did realize. I, I, I did realize that, and something that I've kind of known for a long time that, you know, sometimes we, we, as Americans, we we do eat too much. Mm -hmm. Like some, each meal doesn't necessarily have to be exactly like the other one, like breakfast, lunch, and dinner don't need to be of equal, um, proportion, uh, uh, equal portions, um, Mm -hmm. you know, every single meal. And there's no need to have a breakfast sandwich at breakfast. And there's no need to have a sandwich at at lunch. And there's no need to have pizza for dinner. Like it's just, it's just too much. Like it's Mm -hmm. too much food. And unless you are really, really active, we don't really need that much food. And I experience this myself when I buy lunch out versus when I make lunch at home, I'm shocked at how large, like a sandwich is. Um, whereas it would be something completely different if I were eating it at Mm -hmm. home. So what I recommend is people, if you want to dive into this a little bit, have two days of lighter eating. Yeah. Have two days of lighter, have two days of clean eating. Yeah. This was what I was thinking when I was reading this stuff is that it seems to me like you could get a lot of the benefits that they're talking about without going so extreme. Mm -hmm. Like, I agree. You know, just by doing a lot of stuff that we've talked about before on the podcast, like, you know, giving yourself a cutoff time, mm-hmm. like all the stuff about like letting your body go into ketosis or whatever, so that your body is like, uh, using your fat stores instead of sugar that you're eating. That is something that you can do without fasting. Yeah. All, like if you just have your last meal of the day at seven instead of at nine thirty, mm-hmm. like you're giving your body a lot more time to, to burn do that. its own fat. Right. Yeah. Um, and you can do that without having you know, nothing but a chicken breast to eat that day. Mm -hmm. Um, if 
you're talking about like having two days a week, like you just said, if you focused on like, okay, two days a week, I'm just going to make sure that I eat like super clean. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm not going to like count the calories, but like, I am going to like two days a week really commit to having like super nutrient filled, uh, meals. That's also eating less sugar, eating less carbohydrates those days. Yeah. Um, and then you can do it without getting into that place of like calorie counting, depriving yourself, feeling starved. Mm-hmm. Like there, the premise just like totally oversh- overshoots the problem. I think it does. Yeah, it, I, I totally agree. <laughs> I like, think that yeah. it sounds totally fine on paper, and it makes sense on paper. But that's the thing. This is just on paper. This is not factoring in people's emotions and this is not factoring in what this could potentially bring up for people and also this is not factoring in that a lot of people have active days maybe every day of the week and on you know a day when they are uh, fasting uh, there's just physically no way they'd be able to get throughout that day Mm -hmm. so my friend whose husband did this successfully she said it was so easy for him you know he works in finance and he he would just like, you know, power through the day. And it was just like another crazy work day. Mm-hmm. And he would eat at some point in time during the day and just have like a little something, whatever it was, mm-hmm. um, a shake, whatever, you know, 500 calories worth. Or maybe he was able to spread it out a little bit more. And then was like working so crazy at the office. And then would just go home and go to bed. Like it was nothing. It yeah. was literally, it was like no, no, um, no extra effort. So if that's you... And, like, you want to give it a go, mm-hmm. like, if you want to just test it out, sure. You know, go ahead. You can, you know, let your body eat its own fat for one day. Um, however, you know, you don't have to be that extreme. Right. Yeah. And, if, and everything And, like, ask we, yourself, like, like, if you're being really honest with yourself, like, can you really imagine for the rest of your life fasting two days a week yeah or for me it was even one more time I was yeah. like I can't yeah I can't even imagine doing this one more time right you know? uh you know so and I think any eating style that is only sustainable in the short term uh is a diet instead of a lifestyle yeah and uh I would look I would look for something else yeah uh in terms of like taking a step towards improving your health. Absolutely. I think that everything we stand for here at Just One More Podcast is to step away from the extremes and I think I don't think either of us can be like a proponent of this. I don't think you and I should ever will ever recommend mm-hmm. this to anybody. I personally am not going to recommend this to any of my clients, but what I am going to recommend Um, for everyone is you can pick two days a week to just like chill out a little bit with the sugar and the alcohol, you know, Mm -hmm. pick two days a week that you, that you, um, maybe don't indulge because that's going to make the other days feel so much better. And Mm -hmm. those are, that's going to make the next, you know, piece of dark chocolate you have taste that much better. And I can't even tell you how awesome it feels to wake up in the mornings feeling light and refreshed and healthy and um, unbloated and kind of like ready to start your day. So if anything, go in that direction, um, but you know, continue doing the research. And um, if this is something that really floats your boat, you can absolutely test it out. But so Daphne, yeah. are fasting diets crazy? Mm. You know, I'm gonna have to say yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think what we came to there is that like the underlying reasons that 
people are looking at this kind of thing are not crazy. It's true that like we probably are uh, overeating culturally um, and eating the wrong kinds of things. But like this as a solution seems pretty crazy. Yeah, totally. (laughs) Thanks, Daphne. Yeah, we got pretty deep there with a lot of a lot of good meaty stuff. That's right. (laughs) We'll have to fast tomorrow to make up for all the meaty (laughs) subject matter we just talked about. Thanks for listening to Just One More with Joanna and Daphne. Our show is hosted by Daphne Yang and me, Joanna Shaw Flam. We're produced and edited by me. Our theme music is by Hannah vs. The Many, who you can hear at hannahvsthemany.com. We'll be back next week. You can make sure you don't miss an episode by subscribing to Just One More on iTunes or whatever you use to listen to podcasts. For show notes and for help subscribing, you can go to our website, justonemorepodcast.com. Let us know what you think. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at Just One More Pod on Facebook at facebook.com slash justonemorepodcast, or you can email us at info at justonemorepodcast.com. Thanks, and we'll see you next week.